If you go to school to study marketing, you'll likely learn about this in your very first lecture on your very first day. The four P's of marketing are the foundation for just about everything we do, and that's true for every kind of business out there. Often referred to as the marketing mix, it's a crucial tool to help us understand how best to serve our audience. In reality, we've talked around this subject before, but have never tackled it head on. So what are the four P's? Product, price, promotion, and place. And what do they have to do with marketing your restaurant? We'll stick around because that's what this episode is all about. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. Each week we choose a topic, we pick it apart, we come up with some key insights, and then we finish up with an assignment. I always leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the ideas we talk about here on the show, because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, if you like the show, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and make sure you're sharing these episodes with the people you work with. Changing the culture in your restaurant begins when you start letting people in, when you show them what you're thinking about. So for many of us, this is week number five of the shutdown, and I've spent a few episodes already dealing with all of that, but I don't want to spend all of our time on it because the reality is this will end at some point. We will come out the other side and we will have to get back to work. The good thing about this situation is that it's giving us time to rethink our businesses and strategize for the future. Figuring out where your restaurant fits within your market is a great use of time and energy. So on we go, diving deeper and deeper into the best ways to market your restaurant. Now, before we get into today's topic, though, I do want to remind everyone out there about the two workshops I have coming up this summer. Uh, I had been running a special discount for listeners of the show, 50% off to anyone who books a spot in the course early. But in light of the current situation, I've decided to extend that promotion through the end of April. The first course is called Email Strategy for Restaurants, and it's all about how to use email marketing to build an audience and drive sales for your restaurant. The second one then is called Killer Content. It's a course all about how to capture great food photography. These are not long drawn out courses, but rather quick tactical how-to workshops really meant to be consumed in one afternoon. But of course, since everything is done online, you're welcome to pace it out however you'd like. Visit the website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com. Click the blue button in the upper right corner that says book a course. This deal ends at the end of the month. Now, on to today's topic. Product, price, promotion, and place. As I said at the top, these four pieces are often referred to as the four P's of marketing. And while it may sound boring and academic, it's really not. It's a simple matrix that helps define your business. So I'm going to do my best to make it easily digestible and to make sure you understand exactly how to apply this concept to your own business. 
So to start, let's break them down one by one. Product. This is easy enough, right? In any transaction, there is a buyer and a seller. The product is what the seller brings to the exchange. This is what's on offer. Price. This is what the buyer gives in exchange for the product. Often it's money, but not always. It's important to note that the price is really set by the buyer. It's what the buyer is willing to pay for a given product. The way then the seller communicates the benefits of the product is the promotion. So that could be advertising or a sales pitch or whatever. And then the way the seller delivers the product is the place. But be careful. This isn't just where, but really how, how the buyer accesses the product. So maybe that's a store or a website, but do you take it home or do you wait for delivery or do you get an instant download? Especially in our increasingly digital world, the place is becoming more and more fluid. Now, we've talked about this before because it would be easy to say, well, I have a restaurant, so the product is food. False. Remember that the product is the experience. That is what you're selling. The ambiance, the service, the menu, the beverage options, the location, all of that adds up to the dining experience. So in the case of restaurants, that is the product. That's why it's so important to understand exactly what it is you're offering to your audience. To think of it another way, let's remove it one degree away from our industry. A grocery store sells food. Okay. But I don't believe food is the product. Not really. The product on offer at a grocery store is a certain kind of experience. So here in the Northeast, people who go to Whole Foods are interested in one set of values, one specific kind of experience. And the shoppers at, let's say, ShopRite care about something else. If they can craft a certain kind of experience and reach the right kind of audience, then they will succeed in the long term. They will build trust with the customer, thus increasing the lifetime value of the customer. ShopRite is a supermarket chain. So they've got locations in Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and they have pretty straightforward offerings. There's a there's a produce section and a dairy and a deli counter and meat and poultry and seafood, plus all the aisles packed with cereal and soda and snacks and condiments. You know what I'm talking about. It's a regular grocery store. But Whole Foods, on the other hand, prides itself on their organic produce, their sustainable seafood, their grass-fed beef, plus their prepared food sections, not to mention their specialty foods like artisanal cheeses and charcuterie. You'll often find an olive bar and a coffee station with dozens of different roasts. The prices are typically higher than in a regular supermarket, but if those things are important to you as a consumer, the additional cost is worth it. ShopRite shoppers are after value. No frills options, labels they know and trust in an environment they're familiar with. But Whole Foods shoppers want something else. They care about where their food comes from, how it was caught, how it was prepared. They're generally more educated and thus more discerning. And an aisle filled with fresh roasted whole bean coffee is exactly the kind of offering they want. These are two supermarkets that both sell groceries, but they do so for different audiences. Thus, the experiences are different. They are offering two different products. So when we talk about product, you have to know what's on offer. The other side of the transaction then is price, what the buyer is willing to give up to get the product. Now, the easy one, of course, is money. This dress costs $100. The buyer then has to decide whether she's willing to part with the requested amount. 
But when we talk about price in relation to restaurants, we should be aware that there are many things the buyer gives up in exchange for the product besides money. Can you come up with any others? Take a second and think about it. Okay. What did you come up with? How about time? A sit-down meal at a nice restaurant takes time. Certainly more time than if you just grabbed fast food. So time is something the customer gives up in exchange for the product. What else? How about convenience? So this is certainly related to time because many of us don't have a ton of great restaurants nearby, so we have to travel to get there. We have to jump in our cars and head downtown or book a flight to Barcelona or take the subway to another borough. Convenience is something that the consumer, that the customer, that the buyer gives up. Certain restaurants ask you to give up control. So think of a traditional omakase restaurant, right? A sushi tasting where the chef just hands you one piece of fish after another. Or a restaurant like French Laundry that offers uh, only a set tasting menu. So control might be too high of a cost. What about health, nutrition? If we're talking about a fried chicken place, it's not necessarily the healthiest of meals. So the buyer has to forego that for at least a day. These are all things that the buyer gives up in exchange for the product. Now, to make my point further, let's think about this in a completely different context. So Barbara Kahn is a professor of marketing at the Wharton School at Penn, and she gives a famous lecture about the four Ps in one of her courses, and she uses the topic of blood donation to hammer home this exact point. So here's the gist of what she's saying. A few decades back, the Red Cross realized they had a problem. They needed to increase blood donations, and they ended up using marketing to solve the problem. So when you think about blood donation, what is the product that the seller is offering? And what about the price? What is the buyer giving in exchange? You see, if you think about it, blood is not the product. As it turns out in this transaction, blood is the price. It is the thing that the buyer is giving up. The product though can actually be many things and this is where marketing came into play to help the Red Cross. They realized at a certain point that the product, the thing that the buyers were getting out of the transaction, was contentment. They felt good about themselves after giving blood. It was about getting people to want to do their part. So the little gauze on the inside of their elbow was sort of proof of their civic duty. In time, the Red Cross started then giving out stickers, so then it also became a status thing. Think about now, every time we vote, it's the same thing. So people were wearing their civic duty, uh, their civic responsibility right there uh, on their lapel for all to see. That's what the sticker said. Others might have just been happy to get the juice and the cookies, right? So if you've ever given blood, you'll know that they give you sugary treats to make sure that people don't pass out from their low blood sugar. So the buyer gets cookies and OJ and they paid for it with their blood. To go one step even further, as the Red Cross started expanding into high schools, the students were given the chance to get out of class. So in order to skip fifth and sixth period, all you had to do is donate some blood. The point in all of this is to think carefully about both the product and the price. It's rarely food in exchange for money. Most transactions, especially when we're talking about restaurants, are about something more. Now, armed with that, can we then talk about the third and the fourth P, promotion and place? Promotion, again, is the way the seller communicates the benefits of the product. And to start to understand this, uh, it's important to first grasp the concept of fair value. So fair value is defined this way. If you charge more for the product, 
the customer is going to assume that there are greater benefits than a cheaper product. Likewise, the flip side is also going to be true. If there are very few benefits, the customer will assume that the cost is going to be lower. This isn't a new idea, right? But this is the idea of fair value. I'm sure all of you already understand this well. But there are two caveats. Number one, fair value is always changing. And worse than that, number two, it's reliant on the customer's perception. It is all about perceived value. And of course, the good news is that this goes back to how well you're able to communicate the benefits of the given product. That's promotion. I remind you that this is something we've talked about before. Every choice you make is an opportunity to communicate something about your restaurant to your target audience. Sound familiar? Go back and listen to episode number six when we were talking about the five pillars of marketing. If the dining experience is the product, then every choice we make helps with promotion. Everything from location, lighting, music, uniforms, prices, menu, wine list, logos, all of it is about communicating something to your audience. And a big part of what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, is that you're trying to explain to people why they should pick you over someone else. Why are your prices so cheap? Why are your prices so expensive? Why should I drive way out there for dinner at your place? Why not go to the other place that's been open twice as long as you? Why should I try an unknown, untested entity? The consumer may never consciously realize any of those things, but deep down, they are wondering about all of it. Your communications must answer those questions for them. This is why we spend so much time talking about identity, audience, and competition. You have to know who you are and who your audience is. You have to know who else is serving that same audience, and you have to know what sets you apart from those competitors. Why? Because the truly hard part of marketing is being able to effectively communicate those points to the audience you wish to serve, to persuade them to try you, to convince them to make you their go-to lunch spot or their after-work watering hole or their Saturday night date spot. Finally then, we talk about place, which is most often defined as the way in which the seller delivers the product. So that can certainly be a store or a website, but then, like I said at the top of the show, what about digital products or information? How many universities are now offering courses online? So a world-class university like Penn is now offering something beyond the typical education experience. The product they're selling is information, and the place now is not just their campus in West Philly, but also the web. Luckily, for the purposes of our business, it's relatively easy, right? The place is our restaurant. But is it? Maybe not. Understand that if the product is the experience, then we first have to agree on when that experience really begins. Because we're in the service industry after all, and so the experience begins when the restaurant begins serving the customer. So maybe that's when they call to make the reservation, the first real point of contact. But in my opinion, it actually probably happens long before that, and it's not so black and white anymore. So I think the website is part of the place. I think our social media platforms are part of the place. I think the experience really begins when people first come to check us out. They're curious about us. Does our website answer their questions? They want to learn more. Do the social media feeds entice them to come in closer? Commerce used to be so much easier 100 years ago. It's complicated now. Even a simple marketing mix isn't so simple, right? Product 
price, promotion, and place are simple concepts to understand, but much harder to put into practice. And I tell you that not to scare you off, but rather to help open your eyes to a much bigger world. There are so many people to serve and so many different ways to serve them. So this week for your assignment, I want you to give this some thought. Sketch out ways you're effectively communicating to your audience and think about areas where you fall short. If you have questions about this or any of the topics I cover here on the show, as always, feel free to reach out, chip at chipclose.com, that's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. A final reminder that our pre-sale promotion is still going on through the end of April. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com for more information on both of the workshops being offered this summer. You'll find links to everything in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in. Please stay safe, stay motivated, and I look forward to having all of you back here again next week. Until then, take care.